So if anybody ever sees a calendar that has colors on it, um, beware. I was uh, back in the sanctuary at the end of the service, and Pastor John and John Logan were looking at a calendar, and it had all these cool colors on it. I'm like, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at it, and nobody's saying anything. And then Pastor John goes, pick a date. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, these are the dates that we need to have uh, people speak. So beware. If you see a colored calendar, don't get sucked in. You run. Run far. Gosh. I don't know. And I I think I just told Renee a week before, there's no way I'll ever speak. So just be very, very careful. Gosh. But here I am. Um, So building on solid foundation. A um, year and a half ago, Renee and I had purchased, my wife had purchased a property up in May Township uh, that uh, consisted of a 150-year-old barn and house. Many of you know this uh, because I've seen you there working or visiting, and, uh, or both, and uh, I cannot express in words uh, how grateful Renee and I are for your help. Um, good friend had come to visit us and asked after we gave him a tour of the, the entire property and, and you know obviously a lot of it is run down um, because that's how we could afford it. <laughs> um, he said, what would possess a man to buy a house like this? <laughs> you know, and he's a builder. Uh, actually, he, had, he owns his own construction company. It's not my father-in-law either. And so I told him without skipping a beat, I said, a lot and a lot and a lot of prayer. Um, More prayer was put into this house than any previous event up uh, until that point, and my prayer was simply the right house at the right price, which, after visiting a few homes, um, became became the right house on the right lot (laughs) at the right price. And then finally the prayer uh, became uh, the right house on the right lot at the right price at the right time. Because I think, you know, a lot of times we try and push forward and and move things our direction. and We don't necessarily have the patience to wait on God. So we did. We waited. So we had looked at dozens of homes over the course of three years. In fact, we put offers in and good offers on a number of homes and they uh, fell through. Don't worry about me. I cry because I get... It's just... This is the way I'm. Sorry. So I, I, I just cry, and I'm not, I'm not, I just cry. That's okay. I just do. You had to know my dad. Um, but um, we had put good offers in on a number of homes, and a lot of those fell through. Uh, and we're glad. You know, I think at the end of the day, we're glad that those did. But God answered my prayer, and that's when uh, the real work began. We moved in in March of 2012. And realized the house and barn needed a lot of work. So, Ricky. So this is the roost. So the White House in the forefront is, uh, was built in 1864. Uh, the barn uh, was built, we estimate, in 1867. That's our best guess. We're not quite sure. And then the big house in the background was built in 1870. That's kind of how they built houses back then. They had built a house. You got moved in. Then you built the barn, and then you built your real house, I guess. So uh, they're connected. They share a common wall. And uh, 
you know, that's this is the way they built them. Little house, big house is what they called it. So I was told to tell some funny stories, so I'll tell our third bat story, not the first or the second. So first and the second bats, you know, that when you buy an old house, you kind of expect it, you know, you kind of run through your fears and you say, ah, you know, what, what am I afraid of? Okay, so spiders, nobody necessarily likes spiders. And, oh, well, you know, a bat flying in your house is an experience that you just have to, you have to, you have to love and enjoy and embrace. And so the first two, um, the first two happened actually in the same night. And so we got, you know, we're, you're feeling good, feeling good, and this happened down in the family room. We were able to shoo them out. The third bat was in our bedroom. So imagine yourself asleep, you know, nice and deep, in a good deep sleep. And then Renee's like, Jay, Jay. I'm like, what? Jay, there's, Jay, there's a bat flying in the bedroom. And I, I'm not dreaming. I'm not, I'm not dreaming. It's real. Like, I'm like, okay, so I'm like, I, I don't know. This, could not, this still could not be real. Because I've had her say, oh, this is real, but she's sleep-talking, sleepwalking. <laughs> so then I wake up and pull over the covers and right past my head. I was like, yep, that's a bat. <laughs> that's not a bird. So, I don't know, it was like 2 or 3 in the morning. So, I mean, now you're awake and now you're pumping. And you're, it's like, okay, so now... So then I'm like trying to trying to be brave and you know, not the brave things not happening. Um, I, you know, they're small. They're not. I mean, they're not. They're just small. They're mammals. They're small. And uh, but he's still flying at you. And there's still the potential. You know, you think it's gonna latch on your <laughs> neck. So I was like. So then uh, Renee Renee uh, Renee said, uh, "What are we gonna do?" It's like, okay, so at least it's we, you know, it's not just us or me. And then, um, so I said, okay, well, we're, I was thinking through, trying to think through, because I had had the first two bad experiences, we were able to shoo them out. We were actually able to open a door and just get them out, which was nice. But the third bat, you know, actually, the third bat, we think, came in through the, through the window, and we didn't have, the windows at the time hadn't been replaced, I forgot to mention, none of the windows opened in the house. So we couldn't get the window open to get it out, but it was able to crawl in. And then, um, so we couldn't shoot it out, so like we had to capture it. And so I'm like, okay, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? And so I'm like, wet towel. So the key to catching a bat is a wet towel. You can't use a dry towel because a dry towel will just fly wherever it wants to fly, but a wet towel will land where you want it to land. And the key with the bat is it'll fly around and fly around, and eventually it gets tired and it'll stick on stuff. And... And just imagine all this stuff in your room and then it landing on those things. Yeah, it's not so good. Um, and so you're like mortified because it's like, okay, it touched that, check, we'll clean that. It touched that, okay, we'll clean that. Thankfully I didn't, know. So, so it's flying, we get, I get the towel, I come back in the room, Renee jumps to the doorway to the bathroom, so the, the, bathroom has, or the bedroom has a bathroom there. And she's standing in the doorway and I'm, so the visual that she tells me is I was like the matador, you know, like the pole, and I got the towel, and I'm like watching it fly, and I'm ready, and I'm ready. Well, then all of a sudden the thing just disappears. I'm like, where did it go? I mean, I, I saw it, and then, uh, and then it just appear, disappears. She's like, God answered my prayer. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I prayed, I prayed God would take it away. 
I'm like, what do you mean you pray you asked him to take it away? I'm like, where'd you ask him to take it to? I'm like, where did it go? She's like, it's gone. I'm like, I don't think, I mean, God, granted, I know God has the power to remove a bat from my bedroom. But at three in the morning, I just, you're not all there. And so I was like, I'm like mad at Renee. I'm like, where did you tell him to take it to? Because it's, I was like really convinced that he had actually had removed the bat. And so I was like, oh gosh, please. So um, I couldn't, couldn't find it. And then finally, I'm, I got a flashlight. I'm going around. And the last time I saw it, it looked like it had gone by the radiator. And so I was able to find him. I had to like take a um, painting stick and scooch him out. And he was like hissing at me while I was getting him out. <laughs> so yeah, that's another thing. It's not. It wasn't happy. So then it's hissing. And then it starts crawling, and then I smothered him, gathered him up, and then actually the the one I I, uh, I stand corrected the the window in the bathroom did open up. So I was able to fling the bat on the, with the towel on the roof, and there it stood for like a week. You know, it, it, the bat was able to get out, and we rejoiced, and it was... That was bat number three. So there's other bats, pre and post, so, so that, was, uh, that was fun. Oh, I think I screwed up my notes already. Uh-oh. I'll go to the next one now. Ricky. Uh-oh. Oh, it is. That is the right one. Okay. Anyone else want to do this? I mean... <laughs> so more than just a coat of paint. So and I think our thoughts initially were a little naive when we saw the place. It's like, oh, it just needs a coat of paint. We'll move in and everything will be fine. Well, the... Uh, this reminded me of, the, of the, when we were uh, newly married, we were looking at houses, and we saw an uh, advertisement for uh, a property on Lake Minnetonka. And I don't know if anybody knows properties on Lake Minnetonka are cheap. So, so, we, so we, all it shows is a picture of the lot, of the beach. It doesn't show the house. It, doesn't show, it just shows the woods on the beach, and that's all you see. And the title is... Perfect for move-in, remodel, or tear-down. It's just perfect for everything. So that's kind of our house. Um, <laughs> so where to start on that? So we had the barn, and that was one of the priorities because we wanted to uh, put a shop for Renee's business up there. So she have a working shop up there, and then as well as a workshop for Bob, my father-in-law, downstairs, and then the garage. Um, and so it had an old sauna. That it, had, it had a sauna in there. Who puts a sauna in their barn? Um, it, somebody did. And then the warm walls, the mice filled with grain up about five feet high. So it had failed joists. Uh, animals left presents behind. Um, had cracked windows and falling panes. A leaky roof, rotted floors, crumbled foundation. But it's perfect for moving. So... Um, all that could have been fixed, but the uh, foundation needed to be dressed first and foremost. And I want you to think about that. Why is it important to work on the foundation first? So go ahead and go to the next. So here's a picture of my rump, and then Renee's rump right behind me. And then my, on the right side is my father-in-law. So Bob, Renee, and I are tearing out the uh, old barn foundation. And if you uh, look carefully enough, you'll see 
right in front of my head is a beam that's suspended in, in midair. And, um, on, and then you can see a, a support structure that looks like an N that's holding up the entire barn uh, while we work on the foundation. So um, it's important that um, before you tear up a foundation that you have to properly support the structure that's there. And so, and then there's other, there's other beams and brackets around there. So you can't just tear up a barn or tear up a, 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 what you've already built on before you support it. So keep that in mind. Next one. So after all the rubble's removed, you have to dig yourself a nice uh, spot to place a footing. And then from there, you have a, a solid place to build a foundation on. So with the structure properly supported and a new footing poured, Bob and I are laying a new foundation around the barn. Now the barn was 22 feet by 70 feet, and roughly 20 by 22 of it needed a new foundation. So not the entire structure, just a good portion of it. For some reason, they had actually replaced the foundation at one time, but they didn't finish the job. This was in the area where the animals were, is where the, uh, is where the uh, construction was done. And then, go to the next one. <laughs> so with the, new foundation work, with the new foundation, work can begin on the rest of the structure, but not before. So why? Why do you have to work on the foundation first? So foundation is the reference for the rest of the structure. And so things may look really bad in this picture, but long time they're set to be much better. So you can see the very right side. You can see through the barn. You can see the woods behind it. That's all just the, it's just the structure. The roof, is still, the roof is still up there. And then you can see the garage doors. That one on the right, I think, is actually closed. It just didn't close all the way. It's just the way it is. <laughs> Go ahead, Ricky. So what about the foundation of the church? Uh, Ephesians 2.20, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 2.18-22 gives us some some insight as far as biblically how this applies to us as Christians. Now all of us, both Jews and Gentiles, may come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles, no longer strangers and foreigners, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We are in his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We who believe are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him you Gentiles are also joined together as part of the dwelling where God lives by his, his spirit. So what is a cornerstone? And this is what kind of got me thinking about the foundation thing, because we actually did tear out a cornerstone in the barn. It was probably... A stone that was, um, you know, it wasn't a cornerstone like you'd see in a church, you know, with the date and everything, but it was a cornerstone. It was the biggest rock, and they had laid it in the corner. And it was, I, I kid you not, I couldn't, you couldn't lift it. You had to roll it. So I ended up rolling it over to the rubble pile. It's not something that you could lift. So that was the, the largest stone is the cornerstone, I think, um, and so the cornerstone, um, based on Wikipedia, says cornerstone or foundation stone concept is derived from the first stone 
set in the construction of a masonry foundation. Important since all other stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. So the cornerstone, Christ is the cornerstone, and then we are, uh, well, I'll get getting ahead of myself. Sorry. So if we turn to uh, Luke 20, uh, 9 through 19. This is, a, this is a longer story. This is the story of the evil farmers. Now Jesus turned to the people again and told them this story. A man planted a vineyard, leased it out to tenant farmers, and moved to another country to live for several years. At grape, pick, at grape picking time, he sent one of his servants to collect his share of the crop, but the farmers attacked the stir- servants, beat him up, and sent him back empty-handed. So the owner sent another servant but the same thing happened. He was beaten up and treated shamefully, and he went away empty-handed. A third man was sent, and the same thing happened. He too was wounded and chased away. What will I do? The owner asked himself. I know. I will send my cherished son. Surely they will respect him. But when the farmers saw his son, they said to each other, Here comes the heir to hit this estate. Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they dragged him out of the vineyard and murdered him. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do to those farmers, Jesus asked. I tell you, he will come and kill all and lease the vineyard to others. But God forbid that such a thing should ever happen, his listeners protested. Jesus looked at them and said, Then what do the scriptures mean? The stone rejected by the builders has now become the cornerstone. All who stumble over the stone will be broken to pieces, and and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the teachers of the religious law and the leading priests heard this story, they wanted to arrest Jesus immediately because they realized he was pointing at them, that they were the farmers in the story, but they were afraid there would be a riot if they arrested him. So like the old foundation in the barn, at that time, um, the, the teachers of religious law and the leading priests were a foundation that needed to be replaced with truth. So if you look at where, um, um, look at where the church had progressed and then what happened right before Jesus came, there was, there was that structure in place and it was, in, it was crumbling. And then um, going back to Ephesians, one thing that I wanted to say was, Collectively, as Christians, we are God's house, built on a foundation of Christ with the apostles and the prophets. So we are those building blocks in, the founda- in God's foundation. So how does this look individually? So we've talked collectively that we're living stones, we're, cor- we're, we're in God's structure as a church, but individually, we also need to have Jesus as our cornerstone, putting our faith in Christ, and that... God is our rock and our firm foundation. If we turn to Psalm 18.2, it says, sorry, 18.1 through 2, I love, so this is David talking, I love you, Lord, you are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and and my Savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the strength of my salvation, and my stronghold. So we need to, in our personal lives, we also need to align with the truth and doing kingdom work by serving others. Um, also, another verse that I had uh, found was 1 Corinthians 3. I'll, you don't have to turn there. I'll, I'll go ahead and read through that. 
1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 13. If I can find it. We work together as partners who belong to God. You are God's field, God's building, not ours. Because of God's special favor for me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be careful. For no one can lay any other foundation than the one that's already, that we already have, Jesus Christ. Now anyone who builds on that foundation may use gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But there is going to come a time testing at the judgment day to see what kind of work each builder has done. Everyone's work will be put through the fire to see whether or not it keeps its value. So that is talking about, um, again, how we are, are uh, put together, how we are uh, knitted together, and that we are God's workmanship in it, and part of, his, uh, part of that structure, part of that foundation, part of that building. Next. So I I encourage everyone to take time to inspect their foundation regularly. So things can happen, and and maybe crack isn't the best word, but ultimately what can attack our foundation is sin. Uh, And we need to make repairs immediately. I don't know where Byron Byron must be with the kids, but foundations are important because if there are cracks in that, they have to be addressed immediately. Now, not all cracks are bad, but it can show um, where things are going wrong. So cracks in our own personal foundation need to be handled uh, immediately. And that's a really important point. Um, what happens if we leave things gone undone is uh, things can add up uh, cost, not necessarily cost-wise, but uh, miss... I'm sorry, let me, let me go back. If, if we left things uh, go undone, it, it, uh, if, we, if we take action immediately it can prevent us from needing to make costly mistakes later. And I don't mean costs like money-wise. So what are some tools that we can use to continue to strengthen our foundation, build our foundation? Um, you know, there's a lot of good resources that the church has. That we, everyone's actively working, working on. There's Bible studies. There's also the RVCC Bible School. Uh, there's Read Through the Bibles. There's so many good um, reading plans and Bible apps and things like that that we have available to us. Um, there's accountability in small groups. Um, there's also other classes available. Um, I know that the Grant Abbins and others have had Freedom in Christ. That is a really, a, a, I think for me, the top three that I think of when I think of my foundation is Christ and then building blocks that I've had built up. I think Freedom in Christ has been a really positive class to do because you really are able to look at your life and see what doesn't align with God's word and then make correction of what God does say about you in your life, in your walk with him. Uh, A second one would be the Truth Project. I think there too is having good, solid, foundational information on, uh, I know the Logans have done that one and I think the uh, we we lent or borrowed that one at, at one time, so that was really important. Um, I really liked that program. And then the third one, near and dear to my heart, is Financial Peace University. <laughs> but that's me. Um, just because I I haven't led that one in a while, I think it's I think it's time to have another run at that one. But um, you know, just 
You, I won't say that one. Um, but I think you know it's it's easy to mismanage uh, things of, uh, that we have, whether it's money or uh, other resources. So that's that was helpful. And then there's other classes too, and obviously, uh, obviously, prayer as well is an important tool. Um, letting our foundations go can cause us to lean, rot, and fall apart like the barn. So we need to we need to take time need to take time for ourselves. What's the last one? It's getting there. So it's not done. Um, it's. Uh, a lot of work by my father-in-law, Bob, my brother-in-law, Ben. Um, Renee and I have been out there burning stuff, lots of burning, <laughs> lots of building. But, you know, that's what I think, you know, we want to, to continue to do in our own lives is we want to grow, and so we want to show progress. So there's, the work is never done. If you own a house, you know that. There's no such thing as a house that doesn't need work. And just like that, our lives are much like that. We need to continue to invest in our relationship with Christ and our relationship with others. Uh, we need to continue to, to build, to fix, to, to support each other. So that was, that's, that's what I had. <laughs>